Okay, DMV, we're back at it. Your boy Andre Jones, my main man, the left-handed Ted Jeffries. And before we get to our esteemed legend from the DMV, TJ, you know, we gotta tell everybody what we're all about. It's about bringing legends, telling stories, and promoting what our area is all about. There's no bigger person to have on this pod this week than George Mason's new head women's basketball coach, Vanessa Blair. Welcome to Step to the Mic. Oh, thank you guys for having me. You made that sound so sweet, Drake. Thank you so much. <laughs> Vanessa, you know, I know you and Ted are first cousins, but I've been a big fan of yours since the days of Largo. So I'm going to bring everybody up to speed. Arguably, DMV, this is the best basketball family that ever touched the soil here in our area. The Jeffries family was turned into the Blair family, was turned into the Branch family. They're just, the accolades are just off the chain. But Vanessa, first team all met at Largo High School, Jersey retired at Mount St. Mary's, coached at Mount St. Mary's, coached at Bethune-Cookman, and now you're back into the area. How, put into words the feelings, the emotions being back here and coaching where you grew up. Oh man, it's too many to, to cite. I'll say that this was an easy decision when I got the call from uh, Brad Edwards, the athletic director here, to consider George Mason the consideration was never even in the equation. Um, I grew up coming to events here at the Eagle Bank Arena, watching George Mason sneaking into the rack playing basketball. Um, George Mason was always an esteemed university from an academic perspective, but also from an athletic perspective. And we all were witnesses to the final full run of the men. So there was not a long consideration, if any at all, maybe a pause just to get a breath to say, absolutely. And Vanessa, you know, the area really embraced you. We looked on local media, Channel 4, NBC4 ran stories, ABC7 ran stories. So they know the impact. They know what you bring. They know the play, the coach of the years, the MEAC, taking Bethune-Cookman to the NCAA tournament. I mean, 22 years you've been doing this as a coach, right? You yeah. don't look a day older, older than 30. So let me just throw that out there to everybody. But how does it feel knowing that your father taught you the game, your brothers and sisters helped you perfect it, and now you're leading young men and women in the future of what you're doing on the sideline? Well, it's at the table. It definitely was the foundation, that cornerstone. And if you know anything about the Jeffries, the Quander family, um, we're big on just that, setting the table for those that come after us. And my dad not only coached me, he coached hundreds of girls that came through Largo High School over a 20 year period, never intended to be a coach there. There was a, a spot where no one wanted to coach us and he became the emergency coach. And uh, I thought it wasn't that much of an emergency. We could have found anybody else, um, but it was, you know, at, at the time you're young, but now you look back and, and not only was I able to gaze at him as my dad, but I was able to gaze at him as a dad to other young girls who didn't have that fatherly position in their home. And he was there for them the same way he was there for not just the girls, you know, he coached uh, Glenn Arden Rec, he coached Adrian Branch, he coached Philip Branch, he uh, probably had his hand in there with Ted Jeffries. He was a coach's coach of the entire family. He still is a coach. He's still my coach. He tells me what to do. Um, but having that initial hand let me know how this game was supposed to be played at a competitive level to be a complete sportsman about it. 
but to also know that it should be more than about just the player in the uniform and what they can do. It should be about the person inside of that uniform. So I had a very good idea of what this game was supposed to feel like, not just look like. Vanessa, you know, I, I hear all of the accolades that Andre has talked about that you have received and earned, uh, you know, very clearly you have earned that. And obviously, um, Bob Blair played a big part of that. You know, you go down to Bethune-Cookman and, and, and it has its own prestige as well. <clears throat> but you become four-time coach of the year in this conference, which I don't know. I haven't done the research. It, it's almost unheard of at that level to be, you know, I, I would have to harken back to like a big house gains or somebody of that stature that has done that so often. So you talked about the things that you have taken from your dad and has moved you to your success right now. Of how have you, or what do you take from that confidence and what do you bring now to George Mason from what you accomplished at Bethune-Cookman? Well, I think when you get in this business and Ted, you can attest to this, you, you've been in the coaching business prior, that there are a lot of people that get into it for what it can do for them. Um, and they hop around from seat to seat, trying to get 12 inches over to become that next head coach. Um, and along the way, missing really why we should be involved in coaching anyway. So going to Bethune-Cookman, trust me, there was an air of, why are you doing that? That's HBCU. Uh, we don't usually get out of HBCU. Like you're already on this trek. And it wasn't a traditional trek to go from Mount St. Mary's with the success we had as some would say, down to an HBCU. But I never got into it for what people thought. My life isn't a, a conference call. My life is a call between me and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this was where I was led to go. And you know what, Ted and Dre? It wasn't just led for me to go give something to them. It was led for me because I needed some authenticity in my life as well. Um, I, I grew up in communities that sometimes didn't look like me. And so this was an opportunity for me to go be around people that look like me, um, to be able to be authentic, to learn a lot. So it was a space I was able to give for the players so that I could pour into them. But then there was a space that I needed to be allowed to pour back into me. And that's exactly what happened. It was a dichotomous relationship. We were able to pour into each other and um, some of these students, as we know with HBCUs, you know, they were, they were at a time when a pre premium education wasn't allowed for us. And so we were able to have these institutions that stood the test of time in not just African-American history, but in American history. And so to see a lot of first generation students come through um, and, and need that support from not just the, the, the professor, but from every hand on deck on campus to ensure that these students got what they needed to forge paths forward for people like me that have young African-American sons, they have to be the difference. So that experience for me, and I, I would caution to say, to not listen to the people to say, don't go there. Why not? This is where our start was. This is the only start we had. It was, a, it was an education formed at a time where we could we lost lives to ed be educated and so I think a lot of bright and aspiring young coaches miss a great opportunity to put in their notch that they've been able to coach at a HBCU um, 
And I would just caution young coaches to not listen to that. So to get back to your question, Ted, it was never a matter of um, why are you going there? People ask, well, why would you do that? Now they ask, how did you do it? Because I went for the right reasons. Right. I went for the reasons to pour into young people that look like me, but I never had a problem to pour into those that didn't look like me, but it was a great opportunity. And when this opportunity for Mason to come back, and it's not saying you have to go somewhere and stay. I needed that notch in my resume for me and for personal reasons as well. And so now to come back to George Mason to be back home, it's just a perfect and a natural fit. Really, as far as my resume goes, like I said, my life wasn't a conference call. Everybody doesn't have to put their input in. It's just between me and my Lord and where he's led me. And now I've been led back home. Vanessa, that's an incredible testimony that you have. And, and I'm glad you touched on uh, coaches and being fearful of going down to HBCUs. Um, but, you know, when you look around the college game right now, there has been, especially with, associated with the Black Lives Matter movement and trying to associate um, student athletes being comfortable in their environments. Um, there's a big push for athletes to return back to HBCUs. Our colleague and classmate, Kenny Blakeney at Howard University has been able to get an MBA caliber or two MBA caliber student athletes to attend and to join their program. And there's a push for others around the country to do the same. You alluded to coaches doing that. Now, how do you try to attract on your side a caliber of player to look at, you know, with, or now that you've, you've left, I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. how would you recommend girls attending HBCUs that could go to higher level schools? Well, now that I'm here, let's be very transparent. Uh, they need to come to George Mason University. <laughs> Those coaches got to do the work themselves now. But yeah. if they're, they're at that level and I'm in their backyard or I'm in the gym, uh, George Mason is a place, place for them. Um, I, I understand where you're going with that, Ted. I, I think that um, in lieu of a lot of the social justice issues that rolled out in front of us that we were witnesses to last March where the world stood still and we were able to see uh, the Maud Aubrey's and, and hear the, the, the Breonna Taylor's and see the George Floyd. It was a big push for our young people to feel that they needed a space. They wanted to have a space to be heard and to be seen. And sometimes we can just go through the flow of being on campuses or being in our regular world. And then this opened up a, a, a set of eyes for everyone, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, to say, hey, we, this, we as America have to do something about it. And I just think it brought back to the forefront if it wasn't there already, that our universities have to do a good job, a better job of, of pouring into our young people outside of being athletes. And I just think a lot of universities have stepped to that calling. And there have been a lot of great things that have come out of a very uh, stainful time in our, in, our, in our society. You know, Vanessa, listening to you talk, I mean, you, you just ooze of maturity. I mean, we grew up together. I, I've always, one thing I said to, to TJ before we got on, you're always intense. You brought it every day. I mean, that's learned behavior, right? Is it hard transitioning from an elite player to now transitioning to a coach to pull out of your players 
what you had in you as a player. Mm. The challenges of that, I mean, I mean, sp please speak to that because again, you brought it every day. So t talk to me about reaching your kids and how you're gonna do that. Well, I think that you have to understand that people and kids mimic, can only mimic what they see. You know, and you and I are, and, and Ted, we, we raise children now. And so the do what I say, not what I do doesn't work. Right. So they have to be able to, you have to be a role model for that, for them to be able to model that role. Right. And so um, my staff, our entire staff is like this. They are all have played professionally. They, they live life intense with passion. Um, and I think the biggest thing, Dre, the difference is I am not a coach that coaches young girls that love basketball. I am a coach that understood a long time ago that this is a ministry for me to love girls that happen to play basketball. Right. And right. so the pouring into the life is different. When, you're, when basketball is first and foremost, your emotions are gonna be set alongside a win and a loss. But when you flip that and your emotions are because you love this kid, no matter the winner or loss, so you gotta be excited about a kid that you can lose with as well. Right. Amen. everybody can win it's exciting to win but what about those times when you lose see I, I look for a player that I can lose with that can understand the lesson that can get on the bus and understand it's not showtime at the Apollo we got to get something and learn from this experience and that's what I was able to do at Cookman I was able to have players that no one else wanted but I knew that I could lose with them to the day that I could learn how to help them win Amen. and now that we've done that six championships later I, I have a kid that's that's signed here that's playing her fifth year with us that never lost from Cookman. Preseason player of the year, four-time champion, led us to the NCAA. Her presence here with this team is going to be unbelievable because she doesn't understand anything but what you said, Drake. Mm. Go hard. Right. And she also right. understands first, coach loves me. And right. she was able to witness and live that. And then I played for Coach Blair. She loved me. She loves me. And oh, I happen to play for her. Correct, correct. So it's a lifelong relationship. It's oh, it's yeah. not just four years on a piece of paper. It's I'll see you all the way to you when you have children and when you actually turn around and hopefully coach one day, correct? Dre, we, we recruit our players like this. We want to be in your life for the rest of your life. Okay. It's different, not for the next four years. See, I get the calls not just for the weddings and the and and the baby showers. I've gotten the calls for the funerals of right. a parent. Right. And I'm like, hey, who have you called? Who's with you? Coach, you were the first one I thought of. My mom just passed. Okay. That's a different relationship. See, we want to be in the life for the rest of the life. So I don't have a recruit that played for me for four years. I have a player that is in my life. And, and, and TJ and Dre, you can attest it. Largo, those players, Kia Williams, they're still around. We're Alicia still Harris. Felicia Harris, Javante Jones, Mike Jones' sister from DeMatha, we were able to coach like these players are still around because we didn't, we didn't use them for the ability that they had for the moment. We saw something in them for a lifetime. And, and, and Coach Blair, we, I'm Coach Blair Lewis, excuse me, we won't keep you long. But you know, something just came to me. Now that you're in Fairfax, it's time to put your stamp in it. What, what can we expect? I mean, I, I, I know you, so I know. Right. <laughs> TJ loves you. That's your cousin. He knows. But to everybody else, are we going to see press and run? We're going to see walking up the floor. We just going to let the, this, the, the work happen. The magic is as, as we like to call it. Yeah. Well, our ultimate goal is to hang banners in this 
arena. Um, there were some glory days here and we wanna get back to them. Um, I'm an up-tempo style coach. So you're definitely gonna see that. We're not gonna see the picket fence too much. Uh, but we're definitely, <laughs> we're gonna up-tempo it. But I think you're gonna see players that are passionate about playing the game. And you know what? We're gonna have a lot of fun because sometimes I think you take the fun out of work. I love what I do. I have fun every single day and I'm passionate about it. And we want our players and our fans to feel that as well. A passion for the game, a winning attitude, you know, and the ability to enjoy ourselves while we do it. And before I let TJ close this out, Vanessa, you, you, you alluded earlier to the impact your father had in your life. Right now, you know, your father is dealing with some health issues. I'll let you explain it. But talk to people who may be walking in your shoes do you know, to give them a little help with the situation that Uncle Bob, and for everybody who's listening, Uncle Bob, Bob Blair, one of the best high school coaches. I mean, that's my guy. I mean, so, and I'll let you talk about it, Vanessa. Well, you know what? I would be remiss to say if the star of today is, is just Bob Blair. Uh, obviously, I'm here because of him, but I'm also here because of Mary Jo Blair. Mm -hmm. And um, every one of us know, and you guys know, to have that mate that is, a, is so supportive that they're okay with being in the background while you're in the foreground. That was Mary Jo. She took care of the girls. She took care of the making sure the hair and the makeup looked decent. She made sure that they were fed, but she also took care of dad all the time. You know, she wasn't in the papers, but she was always, and Ted knows, you guys know from the family outs, Mary Jo is an entrepreneur. She is a woman of faith. And that's probably the biggest gift she's ever given us is the, the faith, the Jeffries family faith. Um, but she is in everybody's corner. And so as you're saying, yeah, dad retired, uh, stepped away in 2000 from Largo High School. Uh, he had a battle with pancreatic cancer and he overcame it. Um, so here we are 21 years later, dad is still thriving. We still walk two miles a day. This dude is still competitive. You want to know what a competitive, you know what, want to know where the elbow came from, Dre, that you got back in 87? But he has uh, he has early early on site dementia. And so there are days that, you know, it's just been tough for him to recall and remember. But I guarantee you, if you ever sit with him, he never forgets the glory days of Largo High School and PG County basketball. Oh, he can talk forever on that. So obviously with dementia, you know, the short term memory is what's affected. The long term memory is there. So he he almost was blessed to be able to keep what he was most passionate about is the long-term memory of PG County basketball. You can sit and talk with him all day. And, and when he was very lucid, that's all he talked about anyway. So, you know, God, God's favor is on him because he'll sit and talk with you about that. So, you know, some days are better than others, but it's a chance for the entire family. They have moved down to Florida with us and now we're all able to move back up and him to be able to sit at games, you know, he wants to, y'all know he'll sit by himself. He's going to critique me first and then the team <laughs> second. Um, but he's excited about the green and gold for sure. Absolutely. Vanessa, you know, that, that is, um, if you're going to have, for part of the expression, selective memory, it's great to be able to remember <laughs> the great days of playing ball and coaching and, and all of that stuff. I see similarities though. Uh, you know, I know, you uh, have used a style of defense at, 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 at Cookman that resembles a coach that I know all too well at the University of Virginia. I also see similarities in the coaching tree. So Coach Bennett, his dad, he was a coach's son, played for his dad. 
um, you played for your dad at high school. You you all bring this uh, this defensive mentality, this this passion from competitive nature. Are we going to see more of the pack line? Because when pack line is done right, there's nothing like you know winning with defense in that charge that you get. So will we see some of that pack line defense at Mason this year? Oh, absolutely. That has been a stamp. And, and we thank, I thank God for uh, Tony Bennett's dad, Dick Bennett, that invented it uh, because I've been running it for years. And, you know, everybody has their tweaks to it. Um, and so just to let you know how, how effective it has been, uh, Ted, is that when I took over the job at Bethune-Cookman, we were last in every statistical category. I think we may have averaged 40 points. So when you're thinking about that, you have to think first, I may not be able to get more points right away, but I surely can have to do something to stop you from scoring. And so pack line defense allowed us to do that. And here you had six straight championships later, we were number two in the nation behind Baylor for defense. Not, not in the MEAC, not in the mid-major poll, which we were able to as an HBCU, not br just break in, we break, broke in and stayed number 16th uh, which is unheard of for HBCU to break into the mid-major poll, but we were number two behind Baylor um, two years ago. And so it speaks volumes. And so, yes, you'll see a lot of that because right now the team averages 50 points a game. So uh, we got to stop them from scoring so we can get some <laughs> scoring on the board. And yeah. pack line is just so effective in doing that. And, and it's, a, it's a team defense. So it's exciting when the team knows that somebody has my back all the time. Fantastic, fantastic. Coach Blair Lewis, we appreciate you joining us here on the Step to the Mic podcast. We wish you nothing but continued success. And obviously, I can't be so objective because we're family, but I know that you're going to continue to be the shining star, the rock star that you are as a coach and a mentor to these uh, young women. So good luck, best wishes, and God bless you as you take the reins here at George Mason University. I appreciate it. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, Dre and Ted couldn't be two bigger figures in the in the county for bringing greatness to the mic every single week. I thank you for that. The, the conversations are uh, they're just so deep. And, and a lot of the, the people that you have on here, you know, you're connected with in some way or another. You either watch them grow up or they, you know, just it's it's been great. And I thank you guys for, for taking the time to showcase the best and the brightest of the DMV. You're welcome. Oh, coach, I, you know what? Before I let you go, I'm sorry. I, we almost slipped. We we have a couple of uh, icebreaker questions here for you. Oh. So, so you know, we're going to keep it real simple, keep it, you know, real cool. So you grew up here in the DMV, and we have a staple music here in DMV. You know it all too well. G-O-G-O. Oh, -G -O. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> it might be a little go-go play up at the <laughs> Arena. I hope they don't put us out. <laughs> so given the opportunity, Go go music, hip hop, rap music. What oh, you picking? It's no, it's no question. You gotta go go go. Chuck Brown, Rare Essence, back in the day. Um, oh, come on! I'm listening <laughs> to Pleasure at Christmas for the go go Christmas. <laughs> all the way, all day. Very good, very good. All right, now it's been a while since you've been here in the DMV, but you pop back in and out of town to recruit, and you come do what you got to do. When you go get a meal. You know about the curry out here in the DZ DMV. Oh. Where, now, if you're going to go grab something authentic to DC, where are you going to go grab it? And what's that, what's that meal? Okay, I have to be honest. 
when I left the DMV, I wasn't, uh, I hadn't given up meat, but since I left, I've given up meat and pork. But okay. if I had to, for the sake of the show. Go to your backsliding days when you were eating that swan and you was doing there you that go. red Let meat. Let me backslide down there, binge <laughs> chili bowl. Let me backslide and binge chili bowl. <laughs> but now that um, I have given it to a healthier lifestyle, um, you'll have to cross the Woodrow Wilson Bridge and come with me to Jerry's Seafood for the Crab Bomb. That's where I got to go. Got it. Got it. Now, let's let you know, they got vegan, uh, they got the vegan chili over there, or the vegetarian chili over at Ben's Chili Bowl. So in case you can pick okay. up some type of halal or something like that, you might be able to put a little ve <laughs> vegetarian chili on your, on your, uh, on your items. On my turkey hot dog. Right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll work. Coach Blair, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We love you. Continue success. Have hey, a great come, one. Come out and support. Come get season tickets and come support. Uh, that's what George Mason women's basketball needs, not just to put the talent on the floor, uh, but to put you in the seat so that they know they have that support. Would love to see the DMV out. Love you, Ted. Love you, Dre. Keep doing great work. God's Book blessings. Booking coach will be there. Love you too. Love you too, Vanessa. And look, hey, for all of our listeners, there's nobody that brings it better than 24. How about that? Hey, yes, keeping it in the family. And then we flip it for 42, keeping it in the family. There it is. There it is. <laughs>